Good day, my friends, and welcome back to Thomas Tales on the Tall Guy with the Short Stories podcast. Don't forget to click that follow button. This week we've actually seen some development in the Tall Guy with the Short Stories podcast. I'm on Apple Podcasts now. If you want me to do an ad for you, your business, or your product, you can get a hold of me at tallguyshortstories at gmail.com. That's stories with a Z at the end there. Once again, that's tallguyshortstories at gmail.com. I would love to help promote your product. Also, on TikTok, the Tall Guy Short Stories with a Z. On TikTok, you can find me there. You can also find me on Instagram. Try searching the Tall Guy with the Short Stories on Instagram. You can find my page there. Don't forget to follow. Don't forget to follow the podcast as well. Let's see if we can't get into that story, shall we? last left Thomas, him and the smith had searched all over town for Brandon after the embarrassing scene in the bakery. They couldn't find him anywhere. They searched all day. When the smith finally told Thomas to go home, Thomas was a little dejected. But when he opened the door to his house, there was Brandon. Brandon was sitting inside the old jailhouse with a thundercloud on his face. Thomas entered the building, his dwelling, and closed the door. He turned and faced Brandon. Thomas had wanted to find Brandon. Himself and the smith had searched high and low for the baker's eldest son. All over town. For a good seven hours, they searched. But now that Brandon was right there, in front of him, Thomas found he had no idea what to say. Some nagging feeling was keeping him quiet. Thomas was good at keeping quiet, so he simply continued. For his part, Brandon looked horrible. His hair was mussed. His face was streaked with dirt and splotchy red. His eyes were puffy, and if the bruises on his knuckles were any indicator, Brandon had been using his fists recently. The silence stretched between the two young men, Thomas waiting patiently, Brandon screaming with only his eyes, his motions. It was obvious to Thomas that Brandon was warring with himself, and who could blame him? The scene in the bakery this morning played itself out in both their minds. Thomas wondering how a father, a protector, a teacher, could be so careless with his own son's feelings. Brandon wondering why nothing he did was ever good enough for his old man Greg and why he could not stop trying to gain his father's approval. His hands found themselves, and he began twisting his fingers, cracking his knuckles. He looked anywhere but at Thomas's eyes, and began, I'm sorry for... Thomas held up a hand, forestalling what the larger boy had been about to say. Brandon fell silent. Quietly, Thomas began, I've got no idea whatsoever why you were apologizing, Brand." but you don't have to. He fell silent, searching the big young man's face. Does he speak to you like that often? Every morning rush. Usually I just laugh and smile, but I just couldn't today, said Brandon, still wringing his hands. Thomas cocked his head, thinking. Then what was special about this morning, mate? Brandon's face darkened into a scowl. His knuckles popped, and he actually growled a bit. 
but the larger boy said nothing. Fair enough, Thomas continued. But look, Brand, you haven't got to go back tonight. I've got some of these horse blankets. You can stay here, yeah? Brandon's gaze cast back and forth, never settling on Thomas. But at least he wasn't popping his knuckles anymore. Thomas pulled a few warm, dry blankets from a cupboard where he'd stowed them and handed them over to Brandon. You'll feel better after you get some sleep. I do! He then tried a smile, but couldn't be sure how well it worked. He turned and headed for his own blankets. He'd skip the disrobing when company was about. See you tomorrow, my friend. Oops, I almost forgot. He then headed outside to the well so as to wake up in time to get to the smithy. A few moments later, as the old jailhouse began to get very long with shadows, Brandon spoke very quietly. Thank you, Thomas. Thomas waited for a bit. He didn't want to interrupt Brandon again after he finally began to speak. But after a few moments, Brandon said nothing. So Thomas replied, No worries, Brand. You're my mate. Mates look out for one another. And they both turned in for the evening. The following morning, Thomas awoke earlier than was his custom to sounds and smells. At first, he was a bit worried that someone had come into his house, but immediately after, remembered about the baker's son and the whole debacle. Thomas smelled bacon. This in itself almost made him get out of bed, but instead, he decided to watch Brandon work. The large son of the baker had built up a fire in the old stove. The young Tom watched Brandon use a skillet Thomas had never used. He was frying the bacon in the skillet, and also stirring something in the pan fitfully. Brandon moved with assurance. It was quite obvious he knew his way around the kitchen. His movements not rushed or hurried, but relaxed and confident. Tom had never seen Brandon like this. It seemed as though cooking breakfast was therapeutic to the large baker's son and Tom was glad his friend was no longer wringing his hands and looking like a thundercloud. Besides, Thomas loved bacon and was looking forward to testing the cooking skills of Brand. The young men greeted each other as soon as Thomas had come in from using the trees outside. Brandon waving a bent fork, he must have scrounged from somewhere, Thomas smiling and returning the wave. Tell me you're going to share some of that bacon, Tom asked the larger boy. Where'd you get it, anyway? Hmm, said Brandon. My old man can sleep through a thunderstorm when he's had a few. I popped in last night and took this. He gestured at the bacon. And these. He pointed with the bent fork at the eggs in the skillet. That old windbag won't even miss him. The two young men savored their breakfast, talking about what they would do today. Thomas would be leaving for the smithy as soon as breakfast was over. At this news, Brandon wrapped some of the leftover bacon in some leaves he had brought in from outside and pushed the awkward bundle into Thomas's hands. You could share it with the smith. Thomas smiled and shook his head, holding both hands up. Give it to him yourself, Brand. You should probably come with me. The smith will want to know you're all right. So, after finishing their breakfasts, they each took a few long pulls from the bucket by the well outside and headed for the smithy. 
They walked along amiably, with Thomas telling Brandon everything he was responsible for at the Smith. The young man was proud of his accomplishments over the past few weeks. Brandon, for his part, listened with rapt attention. The baker's son asked questions, and Thomas was only too happy to answer. The jailhouse they slept in was about a 15-minute walk to the smithy, and as they talked about the various weapons and armor that Thomas had helped with, they came within sight of the bakery. Thomas, looking up and seeing this, slowed his steps a bit. The smith says I shouldn't go near the bakery just now. Brandon looked up and saw the bakery ahead of them. Nah, the old man is probably up to his hips in the morning rush. We'll be okay. Thomas didn't like the sound of it. The smith expected Thomas to do as he was told, and the smith had said to stay away. However, as Brandon began walking, Thomas didn't want the larger boy to think he was afraid, so he followed. During this walk, their talking had ceased, and their steps came faster. It seemed that despite his bold words, Brand wanted to be clear of the bakery just as badly as Thomas. As they passed the bakery, Thomas began to breathe easier. It was indeed full of people, eating and drinking at tables, folks picking up orders to take back home for consumption. A few dogs roamed about, dutifully taking care of the table scraps and bits that fell to the ground. In all that commotion, it was unlikely the baker would see either of the two boys. It seemed that as soon as Thomas thought this, the baker appeared in the doorway to the bakery, bearing a platter of different sweetbreads and pastries. His eyes found Brandon and Thomas, and the face he made was positively murderous. He set the pastries down on a table someone was sitting at. Drinks spilled, food was mushed, the diners pushed back from the table in alarm, not wishing to soil their clothes. But none of this mattered to the baker. He was already headed toward Brandon, a snarl on his reddened face. Get in here, you lazy castabout! He hollered at Brandon. The man's large son stood facing his oncoming father, not budging an inch, defiance all over his face. He planted his feet and stared, with his feet squared and his jaw outthrust. Never again, old man, he spat at the baker. If Thomas had thought the baker was mad before, this comment from Brandon sent him positively berserk. Spittle flew from his mouth as he huffed his way to Brandon, his hands clenching into fists as he came. Thomas didn't want this to end in violence. If only he could distract either of the two. Oh, Brandon, let's just go. We haven't got to listen to this rubbish. But it was obvious Brandon hadn't heard a word. So Thomas turned to Greg and took a few steps in his direction. Here now, Greg, there's no reason for... Thomas didn't get the chance to finish his sentence. The baker threw a backhanded slap at his face. The blow connected squarely, and Thomas lost his balance and his bearing. He fell in a heap upon the ground where he had been standing. Brandon began screaming imprecations at his father, words that Thomas knew were never to be used in polite conversation, and stomped toward the man. Greg planted his own feet and lifted his hands, balling them into fists. Time for the young buck to test himself, eh? I've been open for this. Thomas's head cleared, and he spun around on his back to point his feet squarely at Greg the baker. He gave no warning, and he didn't feel guilty in the slightest, as he drew back his right foot and planted it as hard as he could between the baker's legs. The surrounding crowd watching this story unfold took a collective breath in, a few of the men let out groans of sympathy pain. Greg slowly collapsed into a shuddering heap, and Brandon helped Thomas up, 
Are you alright? He asked. Thomas nodded in the affirmative and let Brand help him to his feet. He was just a touch unsteady. As the surrounding crowd began to ask if they were okay, Brandon and Thomas looked at each other. Without sharing words, they both decided it was time to get to the smithy, and they hightailed it away from the scene. I have a confession to make. I love disc golf. There, I said it. If you're like me, and you also like disc golf, why don't you go to evolutiondiscs.com. Upon your checkout, enter the code CDS for 10% off. They've got all the molds you're looking for. They've got bags. They've got powder bags. They've got range finders. They've got <laughs> really anything. Go ahead and give them a look. Evolutiondiscs.com. Don't forget to use code CDS for 10% off at checkout. This episode has been brought to you by J. Randall Art. That's two L's in Randall, by the way. You can find J. Randall Art on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter underneath that same handle, J. Randall, two L's, Art. Stop by, take a look at some of his stuff, like him a whole lot of times, give him some comments, maybe even commission a piece or two. That'd be pretty cool. Don't forget to mention that the tall guy sent you. quietly in his bed. When Greg the Baker came in to rouse them, Will told him he was sick in the night and might not be able to work for the first part of the day. The Baker took a deep breath and let it out through his nose. Fine. Rest up, boy. I expect you out later. With Brandon lazing about wherever he is, I need the help. Will was glad for the dimness in the room. It made it much easier to hide the way his fists clenched at his father's mention of Brandon's supposed lazing about. Brandon worked the whole bakery by himself on the days Greg couldn't, usually attributed to a long night before and bloodshot eyes in the morning. Will never understood why his father treated his brother so poorly. But being the younger, smaller son, he was too afraid of his father to ever speak up. But oh, how it burned inside him. Will fondly thought of the day he would leave the bakery. Yes, someday. As he got up and exited, Greg thought he was being stealthy with the flask in his pocket. But Will saw his father swig from the well-worn flask as he exited the room, muttering under his breath about wherever Brandon was. Will distinctly heard Greg say the words, lollygagging and big oaf, these were the words Greg normally used when speaking about his older son. Now, Will was alone. Excitement bubbled up in his belly. His heart began to beat a bit more rapidly, his breathing coming a touch faster. He had been hoping to get a few minutes alone this morning. The last weekend, he had been out in the woods, all by himself, and he had found a book. If he had shown his father or brother they likely would have jeered him and taken it from him. Will enjoyed books. It was something that separated him from his father and brother, but being separate wasn't always so bad. He would sit with what few books he had access to and read them over and over again, for hours, 
when he had that much free time. This book, however, was different. He had found it moldering amongst some rocks, bows, and other forest detritus. But the interesting part was that this book, this book, spoke of magic. Will had only allowed himself to read the first ten pages of the book so far. He wanted to save the end parts till later. Nothing saddened Will like finishing a book, which is usually when he would begin reading it all over again. The first ten pages were entrancing to the boy. They spoke of spells, several of them. There was a spell for fire and a spell to create water. After those two, he had read about magic missiles and about detecting magic and about creating light from almost nothing. This book told him the different items he would need for the magical recipes. The book called them reagents. And Will had, secretly, and over the last few weeks, acquired the items he would need to try one of the spells. He laid in his bed and felt under his pillow for one item, then into his boot for the next. Bring them into each hand, he thought back to the incantation he would need to use. Having read those first ten pages so often, Will had no trouble remembering them. The book had told him to bring his own will to bear upon his intent, in this case making fire. So the boy focused. He began to think of nothing but the flames, how they looked, how they felt, their helpful and their destructive natures, the fuel they needed to keep burning, the smoke they produced, and sweat began to break out on his forehead. He felt as if his insides were somehow swelling. A pressure began to build on his temples, and as he felt all this doubling and redoubling on his senses, he began to recite the words he had read so often. But just before he spoke them aloud, he heard his father shouting in the dining hall of the bakery, and he felt his focus shatter completely. All the strain he had been holding, the pressure on his insides and his temples vanishing quickly, giving the boy nothing to show for all his concentration and focus. Yet another thing his father had ruined for him. Will kept his eyes closed as he breathed in and out heavily in his bed. He hadn't even recognized that he was out of breath. It was just as he realized this that he felt a burning pain on his belly and smelled a smoke that hadn't come from the bakery. He opened his eyes to see a small glowing moat of redness in the blankets of his bed, centered on his body, exactly between his outstretched hands. A small trail of smoke curled up from the tiny ember before it died altogether. Will's eyes opened very wide as he bent closer to the ember, to his ember. Well, my friends, that'll be it for this week. I appreciate you stopping in and spending some time with me. I really do have the best listeners in the world. You guys are fantastic. You are so uplifting. You've spread the word. You give me such great pointers. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Stop by next week to hear the next episode of Thomas Tales on The Tall Guy with a Short Stories Podcast.